This is Salts and Water, stories from the Maine coast. I'm Rob Rosenthal. Salts and Water is a production of Experience Maritime Maine. And I should tell you, by salts, we mean someone deeply connected to the ocean, an old salt, whether they're young or old. And we definitely have a salt for you on this episode of Salts and Water. His name is George Parr, and he's a fishmonger in Portland, someone who buys and sells fish. Only I think I'd be more accurate if I described him as a swashbuckling fishmonger. George wears a Panama hat and Armani sunglasses made of surgical steel. They fit on his face like goggles. Frankly, you can't miss the guy. He's his own person. Yeah, I am. I had a guy come up to me just the other day. So what came first? The glasses, the hat, the suspenders, or the clogs? And I'm like, it's been an evolving situation. (laughs) Oh, and then there's the piece that completes his outfit. And a bunch of retailers. Go ahead. George's phone seems permanently stuck to his ear. He says he spends 3,200 minutes a month on the phone. That's more than 50 hours. They forgot to send it up the other day. That's what you want, the Dodge Go, Muscungus Bay. I gotta have them, there's like 10 of them, right? He talks on the phone so much, he doesn't even say hello anymore. Too many words, he says. Here's George saying goodbye. All right. The waterfront in Portland buzzes, just like George's phone. Fishing boats coming and going at several wharves. There's trucks loading and unloading, fish being processed. Now, while the fishing industry has declined some over the years, Portland's working waterfront still bustles. And the fish landed in Portland don't have to travel far. There are quite a few restaurants on the waterfront and nearby that serve lots of local fish. Portland is definitely a foodie town. You want a great meal? something a little out of the ordinary, something with local flair, then Portland's the place. Actually, you know something? I have to say Portland has grown beyond being a foodie town. Good food is just part of the way Portland is. And one of the more colorful characters in the Portland food scene is George. He works on the Main Wharf. That's M-A-I-N-E, by the way. It's right next to the ferry terminal. George is the general manager of Upstream Trucking. It's a seafood wholesaler. As a fishmonger, George says he has one of the oldest jobs in the world. Probably the second oldest profession after prostitution because it's been going on forever. Because guys go out there and catch a fish and then they got to get somebody to sell it for them. Think of George as a middleman, the link between fishermen and restaurants in Portland. The fresh mussels or codfish or squid or halibut on hundreds of dinner plates at Portland restaurants tonight are there in part because of George. Morning, George. But George doesn't spend his day in an office pushing papers. He's perpetual motion, fanning out by foot from the waterfront. He does business in person. Uh, You have salmon today? Sockeyes. Uh, Let's do 15 pounds of salmon, please. His first stop of the day, the Four Street Restaurant. George takes orders from the AM sous chef and the kitchen manager. What do you have for oysters today? I got John's Rivers. I got like four different kinds of demerscottas. You want the wild dams? I spent the whole day with George. He rarely wrote anything down. Maybe the secret is his Panama hat, but I have no idea how he keeps everything in his head. Who wants what, when, where? Just the list of what he sells is hard to fathom. Yellowfin tuna, bluefin tuna, albacore tuna, halibut, swordfish, bluefish, black sea bass, a little bit of Atlantic salmon, I'm not a big fan. Uh, Remembering that list may actually be the easy part. The hard part is the balancing act. On one hand, George needs to stock enough fresh fish for the daily needs of Portland restaurants. On the other hand, not so much fish that it goes bad in his freezers. This is what, you know, you live with all the time in the fish business. You're... 
you know, it sounds crazy, but if you live by the moon and the weather and everything, I follow the weather every day because it's, you know, when boats are getting out and when they're not, and, and that affects the prices and availability. Good morning. Yeah, hey, can I get 50 mussels? While George takes yet another call, let me introduce you to one of the chefs and owners of Four Street, Sam Hayward. Sam's approach to menu design is usually called farm-to-table, but Sam doesn't like that term. The way that I was training and the way that I read and learned and studied, that was just the way you prepared good food. The James Beard Foundation once named Sam the best chef in the Northeast, and Gourmet Magazine listed Four Street as one of the top 50 restaurants in the U.S., twice. Sam opened Four Street in 1996. Imagining what a restaurant could be that looked back to um, primitive cooking technologies, the way people have cooked food in North America for hundreds of years, um, using wood-firing, wood-fired technology that got those primitive, hearty, robust flavors from really high-temperature wood-burning ovens and a high-temperature wood-burning grill and a turnspit. And the rest of the menu actually was formulated around the technology rather than the other way around. The menu at Forest Street is seasonal. Well, actually, it's daily. It changes based on what's currently available locally. And Sam says that approach is innately Maine. I I remember a mentor of mine quoted the old Maine saw, wear it up, use it out, uh, use it up, wear it out, make it do, or do without. And I think that's that old make-do attitude that's central to the Maine spirit, if you will. And that shows up in your work. Exactly. And I think that was the basis for my, for my personal desire to have an ever-changing menu to take adv- advantage of things that were explosively delicious at a given moment and then let it go. About 50% of the Four Street menu is fish. Sam says he gravitates towards non-traditional fish like red hake, white hake, whiting, and Acadian redfish. We're looking at different trophic levels, different um, levels of the food chain, um, trying to buy down on the food chain when possible to get things like Atlantic herring and Atlantic mackerel when they're in season. There's plenty of shellfish too, clams and quahogs, and of course, local mussels. This big pan full of incredibly hot steaming mussels with a roasted garlic and almond butter sauce coming right out of the oven. It's festive, celebratory, funky, um, aromatic. Everything about it is just a great experience and we, we can't keep them in stock. Fortunately, more mussels will come in early this afternoon down at the main wharf. I'm gonna go pick, I'm gonna go pick up at Nova. But before the mussels arrive, George the fishmonger needs to pick up an order of fish. We hop in his truck and drive down to Nova Seafood. He was interested in all branches of knowledge, together with his... My history podcast. George turns off a history podcast so we can talk. He's listening to something from the BBC about the Library of Alexandria. What's your interest in all that? I like history. (laughs) So I never graduated from high school, so I'm pretty much self-educated. George says he doesn't quite know how he ended up in the fish business. It just sort of happened. In his 20s, he was a potter. He wasn't making any money, so he answered an ad for a fish cutter. Well, that led to a job with a wholesaler in Washington, D.C. Then he started buying, first in Baltimore, then in New York at the Fulton Fish Market. And since then, he's traveled the world buying and selling fish. 
Believe it or not, when George enters Nova Seafood, someone plays the theme to Raiders of the Lost Ark over the loudspeakers. George says they do it nearly every time he walks in. After saying hello to everyone, George and his Panama hat stand in front of a big bucket of fish on ice. An employee points out what's there while George scrutinizes everything. We got mussels, we got crab meat, sardines, uh, H&G cod from Iceland, and we have George Parr here, the highest quality purveyor of seafood on the Portland waterfront. Just ask him and he will tell you. Most of the fish look good to George, but some of the pollock isn't up to snuff. He tries to negotiate a lower price, but in the end, he bought less of it. He says it was too soft, it wouldn't cut well, and it definitely wouldn't hold up over the weekend. And that's the balancing act, anticipating the needs of the restaurants. Angela Sioka, the president of Nova, says it's really a crapshoot, especially when you're stocking up for the weekend. His customers, our customers, even though they come every Thursday or Friday to pick up fish or give him orders or whatever, right? They don't tell you until freaking Thursday morning what they want. So you got to anticipate what the hell they want, yeah, right? You have to be kind of psychic. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a combination. You got to be psycho and psychic. <laughs> Back on the main wharf, George barks at a fisherman to move his boat to make room for another one. Dude, we got people that want to work. The boat pulling in is La Cozze. I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. It's Italian for mussels. We are unloading mussels right now. We just harvested them this morning. Yes, this morning. About 3,000 pounds of fresh mussels. That's Matt Moretti, by the way. He owns Bangs Island Mussels with his father, Gary. Gary says they bought Bangs Island Mussels about five years ago. You know, when people say, you know, we're going to bet the farm on this. Yeah, well, that's what we did. (laughs) Actually, farm is a pretty apt comparison. Bangs Island is an aquaculture business. They farm mussels and kelp. Gary and Matt lease about three and a half acres of ocean from the state of Maine, just a few miles from Portland in Casco Bay. They've moored 10 big rafts in the water, and hanging below the rafts are about 4,000 lines where mussel spat naturally clings and grows. It's absolutely sustainable. It's local wherever it is. I mean, you can produce local protein. You're not You're not using pesticides or food. You're not feeding it. You're not using antibiotics. You're just doing what nature does. You're just trying to do it in the best way possible. That's it. I mean, it's really simple in that sense. Before this morning's mussels are delivered to restaurants, they're processed. Workers will paw through all 3,000 pounds this afternoon. They'll cull broken mussels, keep the good ones, then place them in 10-pound bags, and off they go. To restaurants like Solo Italiano, Paolo Laboa is the executive chef there. He's cooked in Italy, San Francisco, Boston, but he loves Maine. The quality of seafood is amazing. Paolo says in Portland he has the freedom to cook how he likes, including a more traditional European style where fish is served whole. The chefs, they can come here, they can cook what they want, what they feel. Because being a chef is not only about, you know, you cook with your heart. We cook... uh, Yes, for money, for live, but in the end, we want to make people happy. And if uh, the, the, the chefs or cooks, they feel comfortable in one place is when the place becomes foodie. What are you cooking tonight? Tonight we cook uh, fluke. I make like a soup. I, we, we call in Genova Chopino. I bought the um, calamari from George today. Light tomato, extra virgin olive oil, a piece of garlic. I put inside the fluke. 
fish, some mussels, a piece of bread. Very simple. But you taste the fish. My friend and mentor Nancy Harmon Jenkins, food writer, has said frequently that Maine is one of the places in the United States that attains its identity through its food. This is Sam Hayward again from 4th Street. New Orleans and very few other places have that strong association between its foodways and its perception in the, in the public mind. And you could probably lay that at the feet of two items, which are blueberries and lobster. I think it's much huger than that. It's a, it's a vast range of things. A vast range of things, including mussels. I'm going to dive right in. This guy is great. This guy right here. Over at Local 188, a restaurant not too far from the waterfront, diners are doing the right thing. They're eating mussels. Good flavor. Mussels right out of Casco Bay. Very smooth. And sold to Local 188 by George Parr. They look gross. Like, there's no question about it. You look at one of these and you're like, not a chance. Then you taste it and it's soaked in butter and wine and garlic. And you're like, okay, I can do this. And then you just never stop doing this. Right. Mmm. This batch is great because... The sauce has a lot of salinity to it, which I think is like, keep keep the ocean in them, you know? Don't kind of cook the ocean. Salts and Water is produced by Experience Maritime Maine. Thinking about visiting the coast of Maine? Stop thinking and do it. To make sure you have the best time while you're here, check out experiencemaritimemaine.org for trip ideas. Support for Salts and Water comes from Maine Boats, Homes, and Harbors magazine. I had production help from Abby Levin and Patty White. Our theme music is from Ketza. Be sure to listen to other episodes of Salts and Water for more stories from the main coast, including a story about a 17-year-old girl who's captain of her own lobster boat in Stonington. I'm Rob Rosenthal. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.